Welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. to remind ourselves and everyone who is with us that we have four reasons for worshiping God. Four motivations. Reasons that motivate us to serve the living God. One is heaven. We serve God, worship God because we all want to attain to eternal life in heaven. Heaven. Number two, we know there's judgment coming at the end of this age. There will be judgment. Everyone shall be judged. And uh, we are determined not to be found guilty, but to be found righteous. So judgment, and the judgment therefore reward. Third reason, as we all know, is because Christ loved us first. The love of Christ. When somebody loves you, you must love that person back. In fact, it's very disappointing if somebody loves you and you don't, the person is that you don't love him. So when the person dies for you, gives his body and sheds his blood for you and you reject him, deny him and in, in fact despise him and that person is God no other person than God so the love of Christ compels us to worship him and finally God commands us to be reconciled to him reconciliation without reconciliation you are an enemy of God. And who, which human being can afford to be an enemy of God? <laughs> the Bible said that it's a, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But our God is a consuming fire. So we need, we serve God because we want to remain reconciled to God. So as we come to the end of this third quarter's revival, I want to remind ourselves, every one of us in FCAC and elsewhere that these are the four reasons why we in FCAC we devote so much time and effort and energy serving God. Four motivations, four reasons. Heaven. Two, judgment. Three, 
love of Christ, and four, reconciliation. Just say amen with me. Let us pray. Therefore, our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have worked in us to will and to do according to the things that please you. Father God, through your Spirit, you working in us, everyone that loves you, the entire world, both to will and to do things that please you, that we all may attain unto eternal life. For this reason, once again, Lord, we gather here this morning. In the name of Jesus, it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to do so. As we sit at your table, share with you, have communion and fellowship with you, is our prayer, O oh Lord, that you be with us throughout the entire this service. Take control. Give us your body, your blood. Give us your spirit. Lord, our lives may be a sweet aroma sacrifice unto you in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all be seated. This morning we're having Holy Communion service. As we all know, and if you are with us from any part of the face of the earth, we're having communion service, the Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper this morning. And um, we have three reasons why we do this ceremony. It's a very holy ceremony, which we call the Lord's Supper or the communion service. Communion means fellowship, which means sharing. Sharing. So we're going to share with the Lord what he has for us. We're going to commune with him. And the reasons are that we know, we remember the body of Jesus, the body of Christ Jesus, which is symbolized in the bread that we have here, was given for us. Jesus gave his body for us. He gave his body for us. And then we have wine, which represents his blood. And Jesus shed his blood for us in the new covenant, which he mediated, mediated between God and mankind. Without this mediation, man will not have access to God because Jesus mediated stood in the gap. There was a distance between God and man. And how can man know God unless someone, somebody who is qualified mediates, reconciles. And indeed, when you go to the book of Job, when he was going through the trials and temptations, he said that God is not a man that he could, he, Job, could take him to court for what was happening in his life. 
that he wished, he wished there was somebody, somebody who could actually put his hand on God and put his hand on him. Uh, bring them together. Job said that. So Jesus mediated the perfect covenant, the last of the covenants. Beyond, after that, there's no other covenant. That's why we are in the last dispensation. When you do go through dispensational theology, it becomes obvious that we are now in the last dispensation. After this dispensation, then the end will come. And then three, we do this in obedience to the Lord's command that we should, we should do this in remembrance of him. So what we are doing now is, remember it's in remembrance of Jesus and what he has done for us. In Jesus' name, just say amen. Um, we, we have bread here, which we've cut up to represent the body of Jesus. And um, we have wine. Any kind of bread can be used. Any kind of bread can be used. But we use non-alcoholic wine. There are some churches that use alcoholic wine. But we believe that the wine that Jesus um, shared and raised in the cup was non-alcoholic wine. Because we don't hear of anywhere where Jesus was drinking alcohol and getting drunk. Jesus never got drunk. So he must have used non-alcoholic wine. But some churches decide to use alcoholic wine. But we biblically use non-alcoholic wine. It doesn't matter how much of it you drink. There's no alcohol in it. Not even medicinal alcohol. Um, you don't get drunk. Amen. Turn with me to the book of John. John chapter 6. John's Gospel chapter 6. Or first, let's read our text, which is Luke 22. Let's go to Luke 22 first. That's our text. And the title is um, The Body and Blood of Jesus. Title is, we are looking at the body and blood of Jesus. And we have as our, as our text, Luke 22, verses 14 to 20. Luke chapter 22, beginning from verse 14 and ending at verse 20. The body and blood of Jesus. Luke 22, verse 14. When the hour had come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread 
gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. Amen. And this we all know very well. Remember that first Jesus shared the wine. They sat down to have supper. So he first took I'll say a big cup of wine, bless it, and give it to them to share. They drank that. That's what, what couldn't do. They drank. Then he took the cup and then showed them that this this cup that you've had drunk, this one that you have drunk, which is what I'm holding, is my blood, which is shed for you. And then he said something. He said that was the last time. That was the last time he was going to sit down with his disciples or apostles to eat, to drink and to eat. That will be the last time. The next time that will happen will be in the kingdom of heaven, when the kingdom had come, when he had come again. So there will be, there is going to be another last supper, the Lord's supper, sorry. There is going to be yet another Lord's supper, but not, not like what we have in, and that will be a spiritual one. When Christ comes with the entire church, the entire universal church, millions and millions and millions of believers, those who have believed in his name and have been found righteous, sanctified, qualified to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those who are called the bride, who will be the bride of Christ. Two ceremonies will take place. There shall be a wedding. Two ceremonies. When Christ comes, there shall be a wedding. Christ as the groom and the church as the bride. The father will officiate the wedding. Just like he officiated the first wedding between Adam and Eve. There will be a, a wedding. This time between Christ and his church. That is us. And then, in addition to that, there will be the last communion service, the Lord's Supper, as we have it now, spiritual one in heaven. So these are deep spiritual things that the world do not know or understand. Um, and don't forget that the Bible said that we, we understand that the world as we see it was not formed by things that are visible. What we see, visible things that we can even handle, hold. These were not formed from things that were visible. But God spoke. God just spoke. And things came to being. So we see things physically. Now, we handle things physically. We experience things physically. But the time is coming, and the time will soon be when everything shall change. All this will come to an end, and the spiritual will take over. The spiritual will take over. And if you were here on Friday night when we had the all-night prayer meeting, if you 
you watch on, on social media, you can see that God, God is really real. God is not abstract. God is not a fiction of anyone's imagination. God is as real as you are, as you see yourself physically, so is God real. And God with us, was with us Friday night. We had a wonderful time in his presence, and his power was so great that everyone experienced the power of God. Everyone who was here experienced the power of God. The kingdom of hell was shaking. The kingdom of hell was shaking, and uh, the work of Satan in our lives was uprooted. Uprooted. There was a light everywhere, fire everywhere, power everywhere. So if you're with us this morning, I want to beg you by the mercies of God. Don't just look at the physical world, but look more closely, even more importantly, at the spiritual world. Because this, what you see here now, it's all passing away. And that's why Jesus mediated this covenant so that the passing away of this physical world will not be the passing away of us, to not be the end of you or the end of me, but rather the beginning, the beginning of a better, eternal, everlasting life. Imagine being housed or habiting, inhabiting where God lives. If you think the world is beautiful, you think some parts of the world are beautiful, perfect, imagine where God lives. Imagine where God lives. How beautiful the place is. And that's where I want to be. And that's where we all must want to be. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. And when we go to the book of John, John 6, John chapter 6, verses 53 to 58. John's gospel chapter 6. 53 to 58. John 6, verse 53. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who seeks my flesh, sorry, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. And the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. Amen. Amen. When, when Jesus said, Assuredly, I say unto you, I've explained before that, you know, usually you swear, you swear by a higher being. You swear when you want to prove that something is infallible, something is so assured that there's no margin of failure. You swear. You swear. When you go to court, you swear an oath. 
holding the Bible, so all that what you're about to say, the truth, the truth, nothing but the truth. But I say, God has no one to swear to. God, there's no one beyond her than God. So God swears by himself. God swears by himself. And when we do that, it's assured, assuredly I say unto you. Surely I say unto you. Because there's no one higher than God by whom God can swear with. So he swears by his own, he swears by his own name. So he said, Assuredly I say unto you. So what they're saying here is yea and amen. Church, say amen. amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. And then we go to Matthew. Essentially the same thing. Matthew 26. 26 to 29. Matthew 26. 26 to 29. Matthew 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it. And gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many, for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Hallelujah. And then 1 Corinthians 10, 16 to 17. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 16 and 17. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. At this point, let me invite the pastors and the elders. Let's come in there. Unveil the table and call the table so we pray and bless the table. Bless the wine, bless the bread, that it shall become spiritually the body and blood of Jesus indeed. So let's uncover the table. Pastors, elders. Hold the four corners and the side doesn't hold the four corners, yeah.
one elder give me the bread and the, the bread and the, and the wine. Now, the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when they had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Just say amen. amen. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26. 1 Corinthians 11, 26. To 30. 1 Corinthians um, 11, 26 to 30. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. In other words, Every time you come to the Lord's table, you are acknowledging, proclaiming, and waiting, confessing the Lord's death, and waiting for his coming. Proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. In other words, Anyone who does not believe this, anyone who is not a believer and um, a practicing Christian, you don't actually believe. And if you believe what you believe in, you participate in it. You don't believe this and you still come and eat it. Now you are eating it as food. You are just eating a bread and wine just to satisfy your anger, your hunger. And that, I would say, then you'll be guilty. Doing that makes you guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let me eat the bread and drink of the cup. So the Bible is saying here that let everyone therefore examine himself or herself. Before you come forward, examine yourself. 
Are you really a believer? Have you believed in Jesus? Do you obey his commandments? Are you living a life that he commands you to live? And then if you will honestly say to yourself that yes, you are, you have the Holy Spirit to actually to um, sort of assure you, then you can come and eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Anyone who eats and drinks at the Lord's table in an unworthy manner, when that person is not worthy, when that person is not worthy of the body of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, um, is bringing judgment on himself for not having discerned, not having bothered to find out what this is about. And as you know, on the Friday, I said something about Esau. Esau was so careless that he, he, he separated his birthright from his inheritance. He didn't realize, because what God says in, in Moses' law, that the firstborn Firstborn is a birthright. You inherit your father's properties. But then, one thing that also inherit in the case of Isaac is that you inherit the blessing. The blessing was in Isaac, and he had to pass it on. But Esau had separated his birthright, which he sold for food. He didn't realize that the birthright was linked to the inheritance. So now, when the time came for the inheritance to be given, he was found unworthy. Though he cried and begged and wept, he couldn't get it. In the same way, righteousness, believing in Jesus, is not, is not separable from coming to the table. Otherwise, you eat the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner and bring judgment on yourself. The Bible says, verse 30, that for this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For this reason, because many treat the Lord's table as a common thing, um, some bring the judgment of weakness. They are weak. Weak. Sick. And in fact, some even have died because of that. Sleep means, here means, they've died. So, much as I would like all of us to come forward, and indeed we should all come forward to partake in the Lord's Supper, we have enough for everybody. Jesus has enough it's body and blood for the whole world. The whole world could be partakers of body and his blood, and there will still be plenty, plenty left. Um, if you examine yourself right now, if you will examine yourself right now and realize that no, you are not worthy. But I will not stop there. You won't end there. Um, but you decide, pledge, vow that from today onwards, today onwards, you're going to live a life that is worthy of Jesus Christ. That you please the Lord. That you're forsaking your previous life. You're turning to the new life. 
the new life that is in Christ Jesus, then if you just say a short prayer whilst you are sitting in your seat, you know, tell that Lord, today, forgive me all my sins. I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. From today on, for the rest of my life, I want to be your child, serving and worshiping you. Not going back, never going back to my previous life because I want to attain to eternal life. I want to be part of the communion service, the Lord's Supper in your kingdom. I want to be part of the church when you know, the wedding ceremony takes place in heaven. I want to be among the part of the bride. And you, you mean it. You are not saying it because you want to come, but you mean it. And when you go back, you are not going back to that life again. And of course, uh, you are more than qualified to come. Once you are serious, then God knows you. God knows your heart. You can come and join us. And God will not hold you guilty. Guilty. You know we found guilty. We found wealthy. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Let's clap our hands for Jesus. So, having said that, we want to go ahead with the seven laws uh, table. Let us pray. Father, God, we thank you once again. We bless your holy name in the Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for having made all these possible for us. As we come, O oh Lord, to partake of your table, it is my prayer, O oh Lord, that you shall convict all of us of righteousness, judgment, and of sin. We will come in righteousness and holiness. Lord, let this table be assuredly your, your body and your blood. The strength, the power, the anointing, blessings, divine direction, protection, everything, Lord, that is inherent in your table. It is my prayer, O oh Lord, that all these shall be our portion. They shall come upon us curses shall be broken evil pronouncements shall not land on us Lord we shall live here having drawn closer to you and you having drawn nearer to us power to resist the devil and you'll be able to flee from us thank you Lord in Jesus name Amen you for joining us for the Sunday morning's Bible study and sermon. We believe you have been blessed by the word. Join us same time next Sunday and have a blessed week.